Sony. Hello, Canada. It is Tony here in Saskatchewan. Today's date is November 24th, 2021. And welcome to another Canadian Common Sense Rant. Let me start this off by saying that we really need to stop listening to the quote-unquote experts. All right, now, I think Lewis and I have made that case as far as COVID is concerned, convincingly enough, over the past, well, almost two years now. But in this case, I'm actually referring to a different set of experts. See, I live in the right in the middle of the Canadian prairies, and Canada is a cold country, period, as many of you know from living in Canada. But for those listeners who live outside of Canada and the United States and elsewhere in the world where it's considerably warmer than Canada. Let me just fill you in. So what the experts told us, this time being the experts at Environment Canada, the meteorological experts, told us, oh, you people in Western Canada, you better get ready for a severely cold winter. You better Buckle down because you're going to have one of the coldest winters that you've seen in a long time. Well, okay, it does get cold here, but all right, we'll get ready for a bitter cold winter. Haven't had one of those for, well, a few years, I guess. And, well, as it turns out, usually by in late October, we have snow here. And usually temperatures below freezing. It's no joke that we make certain our kids' Halloween costumes can fit over a snowsuit or at least over a sweater or whatnot. Well, that was not the case at all. Halloween was actually a very nice day, which we haven't had a day that nice for Halloween since 2008. I remember it very well. And oddly enough, we didn't get any snow until earlier in November. And... Well, what do you know? It's late November, and I really haven't even had to wear a coat outside yet. Today was about 12 degrees below zero, but there was no wind and it was sunny out, so I didn't even have to wear a coat today. But the temperature has hovered right around the freezing mark. Well, all of what so far has been winter. Now, I realize that by the calendar, we are still in the fall, but we certainly have not had the winter-like weather we typically get in November at all. We should have had considerable amount of snow by now. And for perspective, there was an outdoor NHL game in Edmonton 20 years ago or so, where it was about this time of year, later in November, and it was minus 20 degrees below zero. 20 degrees below zero, sorry, minus 20. And, well, when Lewis and I were at Grey Cup in Calgary last year, which was right around this date, it was, again, bitter cold. It was probably minus 25. And the same the year before in Edmonton. But today, no, we're looking at temperatures above freezing for the next few days and into the foreseeable future. So I guess these experts aren't always right. And you want to know who else is kind of clueless? Well, that would be our government. That's what I really want to talk about today. 
So yesterday, just shortly before Lewis and I recorded our show, the throne speech was being delivered in Ottawa. Now, for those of you who are not intimately familiar with the inner workings of the parliamentary system in Canada, well, probably good, because it's a good cure for insomnia to learn too much about it. But anyway, every session of Parliament is started by a throne speech. So we had an election two months ago, and the throne speech now starts off that new Parliament that was formed as the result of that election. So we had Justin Trudeau, August 15th, call a snap election, said it was a very, very vitally important that Canada absolutely had to have this election in order to have a say in the government's direction. And they were in a big hurry to get legislation passed. In their first 100 days, they were going to going to pass, a, how do they call it, an aggressive agenda. Oh, well, okay, then let's, let's get this urgent election over with. Well, that election was September 20th. And, well, I guess that sense of urgency went away really quickly because it actually took two months before even bringing the MPs, members of Parliament, back to Ottawa to get a government working. And so finally today, I should say yesterday, November 23rd, the throne speech was read to begin the said Parliament. So you claimed 100 days to get an aggressive agenda going, you blew 62 of them waiting to resume Parliament. So I guess we're going to have a busy 38 days. Oh, not even 38 days, because they're actually only going to be sitting for about 17 days. Well, I guess that was really urgent that we got them going. But anyway, this, this particular throne speech is one of the worst... I've ever heard. And I appreciate that it was not as long as the throne speech in 2019, where Governor June General Julie Payette spent almost a full hour reading the throne speech. <coughs> Excuse me. This throne speech, oh, by the way, the throne speech is always read in Ottawa by the Governor General and in provinces by the Lieutenant Governor. It is our head of state who reads the throne speech and sets the direction for the government. A speech which, by the way, is handed to that person by said government, but formalities being what they are, Governor General Mary Simon read the throne speech and I don't want to criticize Miss Simon because this is her first kick at the can of you know performing some of her official duties. I guess she dissolved Parliament to, to get that election going, but she's new at this. I don't think she rehearsed the speech at all. She read off a paper the entire time, and then maybe that's because maybe it was just handed to her as she was walking in. It certainly, by the way she read it, it seemed like that. She seemed to know not what she was reading, she really just kind of read it, I think, live. And maybe that's the fault of the Trudeau government. And I wouldn't be surprised if that were the case. But this throne speech, to me, read very much like a lot of my high school essays 
that I would write on the school bus on the way into school the day that that essay was due. Yeah, to me it was that bad. This throne speech was a regurgitation of liberal campaign promises. It was quite short on details of where the government has been. It was very short on details of where the government is going. It was completely absent of details as to how the government is going to get where it was going. But we had lots of platitudes. We did hear that this government wants to keep our communities safe and inclusive. They want to combat climate change. Continue with reconciliation. And there was a mention of missing and murdered Indigenous women and girls and various other liberal campaign promises. But again, very short on details as far as how to get anywhere. And I guess we do know by Mr. Trudeau's pronouncement at COP26 and Stephen Gilbo's zeal to get going on killing the oil and gas sector that I guess we know they're certainly going to attack the energy sector even more. And a lot of those pronouncements that came out long before the throne speech, and they were not in the throne speech, by the way, really it was basically just a, a document regurgitating a lot of liberal campaign promises. And here's the thing. They gave no roadmap as to how they plan to achieve any of this other than Mr. Trudeau saying, well, after the throne speech, that they're going to be very aggressive and they won't tolerate any political games and basically threatening the, re the opposition parties as if he were dealing with a majority government, which, again, he is not. Now, Aaron O'Toole, to his credit, actually seized on... Pierre Polyev, who actually has his finger on the pulse of what Canadians are thinking about. And see, Pierre Polyev has been going on about the inflation crisis. And Pierre Polyev is not afraid to talk about the fact that Canadians are finding it harder to afford to live. And so when pressed... There was a Liberal minister on with Evan Solomon yesterday on Power Play, it was Stephen Gabot, and when asked directly, how are you going to light, make life more affordable for Canadians? Because there was nothing in the throne speech about that. Well, Mr. Gilboa said, oh, well, we've got our Liberal child care plan that is going to create $10 a day child care, affordable child care to get women into the workforce. That doesn't start for five years when this government will no longer be in office. How convenient. So we're going to help Canadians now by giving them cheaper daycare five years from now. Uh-huh. Here's the problem with that. And, and Aaron O'Toole, thankfully to his credit, has understood this. Okay, there's no plan whatsoever from the Liberal government to help make life more affordable for Canadians 
because none of those pompous elitist snobs have given any thoughts to it because none of them are really all that concerned about life being more affordable. None of them have to make the choice whether they heat their homes or feed their families this winter. None of them have to worry about, as Roy Green says, going to the gas station and the grocery store and not filling up at either place. And that's why none of them in the Liberal Party are thinking about how to make life more affordable for Canadians. They, they still give the platitudes, oh, we've got a housing strategy, oh, we've got all these plans. Well, they don't have plans. They have ideas. But even those ideas have nothing to do with making life affordable for Canadians. So thank you, Aaron O'Toole, for actually seizing on something that actually means something to Canadians, namely that we can't afford to live and our government has decided that climate change is a much bigger issue to seize on than Canadians falling into bankruptcy, starving, having inflation eat away any kind of raises they might get in their paychecks, having inflation erode our standard of living. Thank you, Aaron O'Toole, for understanding that the throne speech is nothing more than another election document. So please, please, Mr. O'Toole, don't screw this up and flip-flop on it. Actually, stay on point and actually maybe just keep saying what you're saying even if the media challenges you about it and, I don't know, pretend to be a conservative? That'd be great, because then maybe in the next parliament you could make a throne speech of your own.